Since this podcast was recorded, our guest Ashley has passed the 10-year mark on her weight loss journey, which is nothing short of incredible. That's one decade of struggle, 10 years of overcoming, 3,650 days of sticking to the plan, and an extra three days due to leap years in 2012, 2016, and 2020 for some extra bragging rights. Over 100 kilos lost and a whole new life gained. There are some really good topics covered here and something that I went home still thinking about after we recorded um, is a parent's responsibility in regulating their child's diet. Ashley, your commitment to changing your life has created a world of opportunity for yourself and it can also be the encouragement to keep going for anyone listening who may be on the same path or the spark to get back on the path for those who have deviated. Here we go with Miss Osawemze. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Okay, here we go. Uh, welcome. What? What are you? What are you? This guy's laughing already. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Today we have Ashley O. Oh. I'm not going to butcher your last name. Not even going to try. Butcher it. Just do it. Come uh, on. Just awesome try. Awesome Wamsi. That's a good guess. A good try. What, <laughs> I've only seen it spelled on Facebook. <laughs> In my notes here say Ashley O. How do, how do you spell it? Or how do you say it? How do you say it? Osa Wednesday. Osa uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Easy enough. It's just smooth right off the tongue. That is that is a very beautiful name. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Ashley, you've been in Ulsan since 2011, 2010? Oh, no, sir. 2014. 14? Yes. I came here August of 2014. When did we do the poker run with you? That was 2016 or we 2015. Start, yeah, we didn't start until 2015. So. Yeah, I think it was 2016. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Every my the last decade just blends together. I don't know how Corona's uh, had an effect on that. But oh, it's all good. Wild. <laughs> um, listen, even when uh, when I met you, you are a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And today we're hoping uh, to that you can share your story with us oh, about your weight loss journey. Your, I, just, I, I, I just want to say one: I, I applaud you and I admire you. Your dedication and your your. I don't know if it's a miracle or it's just incredible. <laughs> the, the story is, is amazing. I think you can see it in some of your videos, right? That you're slowly starting to believe, holy shit, this is happening. Yes. Wow, like it's actually, I'm actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the beginning, it looks like, you know, it's a steep, steep hill to climb. It was. Um, but one thing that hasn't changed, I agree you've changed a lot since I've known you, but your confidence and... Your your style and your pizzazz or your that that stuff is kind of I seem like I think it's always even when you were at three sixty eight in the beginning and you say that was fake confidence I just yeah. smiled to make other people happy but man I always see you as this vibrant soul that that kind of lights up the room and I think I, I understand that that's a lot of it is show for a lot of people and especially mm-hmm. in the mental health days right um, but as long as I've known you here I mean I've always seen you as that happy and and I put on your vibrant and always doing something always moving and shaking and going and you know I don't know if I'm going to see the diva today or the hip hop star or the princess <laughs> or the you're making me sound like I have these multiple personalities and I think I'm like <laughs> Russian roulette guys she, she's cool you don't know if you see her at two o'clock she's the teacher and if you see her at eight o'clock she's the hip hop star and who knows what you're going to see and I just think I just thought that's awesome but anyways I admire the the work and the effort you've put in and uh, I think it'd be a great story to to tell 
Mm -hmm. uh, other than on just your uh, YouTube channel. So we're yeah. glad to have you here. Well, thank yeah. you for having me. I appreciate it. So yeah, take us back to uh, to Dallas in uh, in 2010. In 2010. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm actually from Arlington. Um, Arlington. Damn is you, right... No, I say Dallas because <laughs> people don't know, don't really know much about Arlington. I mean, it's still kind of like a large city. But Arlington is situated right between Dallas and Fort Worth. So it's someone... like the Ulsan of... It's like yeah. I'm from Thunder Bay and I say Toronto. It's only 1,800 kilometers away. Right. It's just like <laughs> everyone knows Dallas. I'll just say I'm from Dallas. And right. just, you know, did, Ar did Arlington kill a national hero? I'm not sure. Nate's hometown did. Anyways, you can... <laughs> um, in 2010, I had just graduated with my bachelor's degree. Um, I was knocking at 400 pounds. I wasn't happy. Um, I needed to make a change in my life. I was going through, you know, a lot of different things with my mental health, with my physical health, and um, going through different situations at the time in 2010. And also just trying to figure out my place in the world and figure out my footing, you know, growing into, growing as an adult. Mm -hmm. one, one thing that I wanted to ask mm -hmm. was before that, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you'd struggled with weight. Mm -hmm. Since as long, as long as you can remember. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, this day, I mean, it's it's unforgiving. The the bullying and stuff is just relentless. It's <sighs> it's absolutely crazy. You were 24 then. You were... 20, 23. 23 then. Yeah. Um. So in your elementary, middle, high school years, mm -hmm. did you run into a lot of that? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Especially when I had moved to Nigeria, Um, I was... I was, you know, the, the overweight, the fat kid and uh, going to school, everyone else was, you know, looked the same, like they were all thin. So, you know, kids, when they see someone that's different from them, they're going to attack that. And I was just constantly teased and bullied and made fun of. And when I moved back to America, that didn't necessarily stop. And at that point, um, I became very introverted. I didn't, I wasn't outspoken. I wasn't confident. And when I reached high school, I just kind of made myself invisible. I didn't want people to notice me. I didn't want my voice to be heard because I didn't want people to target my weight. And for me, I learned that the first thing that people, you know, attack you for is your weight and make fun of you because of your weight. So, Easy target. Yeah, exactly. So it's just for me, it was just keep your mouth shut, do your schoolwork, keep your head down, make it through high school and get on with your life. I, I didn't know you went to Nigeria. How long were you there for? I was in Nigeria for about five years. My dad's Nigerian. In Lagos or somewhere else? Lagos, Lagos. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the second time I've been corrected in three weeks on, <laughs> on Lagos. It's okay. But I think because I was around lots of French West Africans. I was in Ghana for a year and traveled mm -hmm. all from Nigeria, everything to the to the West Coast. Um, but in French, Lagos. So I think that's why I say it like that because that of okay. all the French countries I was in. Mm -hmm. But... My experience there was, I mean, I got super thin. When I, when I left West Africa, I was a, I was actually skinny for the first time in my life. Um, but my dad's a big, big dude. And when he came, they thought he was the king of Canada because he was so big. Right. And, and I mean, he's not in Canada. He wasn't that big for Canada. But for Africa, I mean, to be that big, that means you got cash and you're eating. Yeah, you're, exactly. you're eating good. Mm -hmm. And that was, I remember when I got there and they were like, wow, you must be so rich. And I mm -hmm. said, why? Because you're fat. Exactly. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was like they wanted to be fat because that meant they one, were rolling in the like dough. Money mm -hmm. equals food? Yeah. Really? And and I thought, 
well, people bug me at home and tease me at home. And I'm like, you guys worship me because I'm fat. This is crazy. But was, for me, that wasn't the, that wasn't my experience. But I think being kids, it would be different. Yes. I mean, I, I, I was an adult and maybe it's seen as you're successful in your adult life and mm-hmm. providing, but as a as student, a, As a different. kid, no, it's, it was a different experience for me. In high school, was did you have the, the feeling of, I got to lose weight or is it more just kind of i'm just gonna endure endure the hardship and try and get through and who knows what what comes next when did you get the first feeling of like oh shit i should probably do something is it always there or was there like a was there a light bulb moment i would say that light bulb moment didn't happen until after high school Mm. honestly um i remember right when i after i had graduated i had uh i was rushed to the hospital because i took an energy drink and i was having like a complication with my heart and that really scared me and um, my mom took me to the hospital and we spoke with the doctor and it was just, I guess, like energy drinks are made to, I guess, accelerate your heart rate. And oh, because, I had the same thing. I went right, to the hospital. Yeah, and, right. and because of, I, and they said because of my weight, it just made it seem that much more scary. Mm. And the doctor said, you know, for someone so young, you know, you are incredibly heavy and this isn't healthy. And the doctor basically scared me yeah. <laughs> to say, like, if you don't do something, you're going to die and mm. all these different things. So at that point, um, I was like, well, I'm going to try this diet thing and, you know, see how that goes. And I did Weight Watchers. I Mm. tried the Weight Watchers program, failed. Um, I tried Jenny Craig, failed. I did. I remember remember when I was even a very young child, my mom had me on slim fast diets. Mm. That's how long, like. Slim fast. No, I'm so serious. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Like when I was, you know, a child, like eight, seven years old, I Mm. was on slim fast diets. Mm. Yeah. I did like the whole yo-yo dieting and it just didn't work for me. Yeah. I did Weight Watchers twice. It just just wasn't sticking. Yeah. How, how did you get to that point? Like you said, your sisters are slim. Mm-hmm. They're athletic. They mm-hmm. run. They train. Mm-hmm. And that you've had, you've, you've battled the weight ever as long as you can remember. Mm-hmm. Do you recall or was there anything that, <clears throat> I mean, were you treated different by your family? Or like how how did your sisters end up being slim and athletic and you kept piling on the weight? How did that, what happened? I guess for me, it was more of, for me, it was more of, I became like, I'll be like, and I mentioned this in my YouTube videos, you know, this downright down to food addiction. Um, When I was young, my mom would, you know, give me whatever I wanted to eat at that, you know, at that given point in time. And there necessarily wasn't a a cutoff point, you know, and I'm not, you know, putting the blame on my mom or anything like that. But it was more of like, in my mom's perception, it was more if she's eating, she's happy. Mm. And, you know, as you get older, if you're not learning about portion control and self-control, you're just eating whatever the hell that you wanted. Oh, can you? Yeah. It's Don't okay. Don't fucking yeah. swear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> that made me a little nervous. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> you're um, fine. You're fine. But yeah, it was just more of when it got to the point where I could go into the kitchen and you know, get whatever I wanted and keep things in my bedroom. I would remember I would hide, you know, sneaker bars, chips. Mm. I would come home with like pizzas and have it in my room and eat it in my room. There are moments when I would have dinner and I would still be hungry and I don't want my family to look at me like, you really trying to, you know, eat again, even mm. though I know they wouldn't necessarily do that. Mm. I would have food in my room waiting for me so mm. I could go into my room you know, and eat in private. But hold on, because I used to hide Snicker bars under my pillow too. Mm-hmm. And, and lots of those things. Mm-hmm. Do you 
I, I know you and uh, you're not going to sit here and say it's your mom's fault. Right. But when you walk around now and you see a five or a six or a seven year old kid who is way too big for their size, that's not the kid's fault, right? I mean, they can't control. They're five or six years old. It's, right, I think it's true. parenting. Right, that's true. Okay. Do you hold any animosity or any of those feelings? Like you said, I can't believe I them, did but- in high school. I will say like I did when I was, you know, my junior and junior year. I'm sorry. Junior, when I was in middle school and high school, I will say that, you know, I did hold some, a little bit of animosity and resentment towards my mom. Like, well, why didn't... Right. You know, no one put the brakes on. Right, exactly, and I mean, I feel like that's only natural. Like when you're being bullied and you're in a stressful situation, you know, it's kind of like, well, you sit there and you think, if I had, if I was taught this at a young age, then it necessarily wouldn't have gotten this bad. Mm. But at some point, when you're an adult and you have more control over what goes into your mouth, mm. you have to take you have to point take that responsibility yeah. for yourself. During during adolescence, you you have the wherewithal to. To blame mom for doing it, yeah, but still don't realize that you're in control. Exactly, and you can do it, right? it's like it's your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that, that's why I ask because I wonder when you see the young young kids who obviously don't pick their dinner or their mm-hmm. lunch, um, and you see Koreans. I mean, at school their lunches are generally healthy. Yeah, they are at the public schools. Mm-hmm. When I see like, and now it's a much younger generation that's becoming these chubby kids. It's becoming a problem. I mean, when we well, it is a problem when we came to Korea. I mean, there was none of that. And now it's getting, but the diet has changed, the study habits have changed, and this lamion and snacking and burgers and the, the everything bookie. has cheese now. And it's, it's very, very different. So you can just, guys, why do you want to follow us? We are examples of people trying to get back to your style. And you're, <laughs> right? you're trying to copy ours. Look at exactly. me. You tell me I'm fat. So don't you don't want to be at me. Stop eating all that stuff. That's how I got fat. But it's easy. It's easy for parents just maybe you don't want to put the time in to keep their kid quiet it's just eat this and you're fine and and you know so that's what i mean and and the parenting i think if it's mm-hmm. if it's you say from a young age okay well i'm going to put this where they can't get it or i'm not going to stop buying this or i just think i would have so much control over my child's weight i mean if my kids have cavities mm-hmm. boom they're going to not going to have another piece right. of candy i and i think what it came down to is you know sometimes and I mean, I don't have kids, but I mean, you both, mm. you know, have children. And, you know, if you see your child going kind of through that chubby phase, you kind of think, well, oh, they're going to grow out of it. And right. I think that was the mentality that my mom had. Mm. That's the mentality I have right now. At least. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's a stretch. She's got the biggest head, the Stop. biggest body. But, but, but you She's know, adorable. My, but my wife's like, oh, don't encourage her to eat more. And I'm like, yo, she's four. Like, she just right. eat what she wants. She doesn't. She's not pounding chips or cookies or something. She's mm-hmm. eating rice and meat. See, but go. I mean, growing up for for me, there was no like I wasn't allowed to eat anything, and we hated our parents. Man, I'd go to I'd go to school. My buddies had colas and and chips, and my mm-hmm. my parents would pack water and like this is a fruit leather. Like, mom, I'm getting teased. I'm eating this bullshit for lunch. You know <laughs> what's going on here? But then you know I'm I'm super strict with my kids, mm-hmm. and they don't. They don't necessarily maybe even realize yet that I don't know if they're missing out, but when you go to the park and a mom's like, oh, here, here's some ice creams. Here's this. I'm like, it's fucking Tuesday. What, what, kid, he's not eating ice cream. There's not, it's not a special day, you know? And that almost, it causes a conflict with, with parents and like, mm-hmm. what? all the time. And then they're like, well, my kid's going to eat it. So why can't yours? Then, and, and it, there's real tension there, man, because. Oh, wow. The, yeah, but it's, it's like it's these weird. moms carry a full vending machine in their purse. 
everywhere. Like, like, like if we you never accepted, had that stuff when we were young. If you accepted every piece of candy that your kid was given, it would be unreal. They would have no teeth. No teeth left. You get on the bus, like, oh, here's some candy. You see this person. Here's go to the hospital. Candy. candy. Go to the dentist. More candy. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, wow. So when I'm at the park, like at the Grand Park there by my place, mm-hmm. and we go all the time, but every mom's pulling out like pepitos. I'm like, pepito day is once a year. You don't have to eat those every day. <laughs> but we usually have like grapes or strawberries or blueberries or something else. So healthy alternatives. And I say, okay? Gina, ask your friends, like these random people, if they want some of your blueberries. <laughs> I don't want that shit. <laughs> like blueberries are good, man. And they're not cheap. I mean... Not. It's not like I'm giving them, uh, you know, some apples or sweet potatoes. Or, <laughs> Come right, on, man. Right. But nobody comes to enjoy our snack time. But my kids go, Daddy, Emo's going to give me guajas. And I'm like, Emo. Okay. <laughs> but it is. It's... Emo's going to give me chocolates. Emo's going to give me... Why? But it's not Why? it's not easy as a parent, man, because you see your your kids missing out on some right. on something you don't want them to be that and it's red outcast. Yeah. Right. It's every day, every time we go, every kid's eating or has a poroto mm-hmm. juice. Now that being said, growing up, I mean, we had five kids, so mom was M M&M and M meat shops, and she'd get all the stuff, and lots of our lunches were frozen burritos and pizza pops and oh, yeah. microwave pizzas and mac and cheese. Now I think Hot like, pockets. how did we turn out? Like mac and good, cheese. Like, believe this. The first time I ate macaroni and cheese was in high school. Oh goodness! <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that insane? That's, yes. That's I tell kids in Korea like the, you know, ramen. imagine imagine a kid eating ramen for yeah. the first time in their life in in high school. Yeah. Oh, so I, I missed out. I missed out. I was I the can't... guy Brian was envying in school with the granola bar, the fruit roll up, the, you know, we always had, we always had some of those goodies in a juice uh-huh. box. And mm-hmm. now I think parenting my kids, and I think juice box. I'm not buying juice boxes. <laughs> those are crazy. That water's free. Um, I'll, I'll, and I'm like goodies. You don't need goodies. And I think every time we had a quarter, we used to run to the corner store and buy five five cent blue whales or okay. double bubbles or whatever. I was like cherry blasters. But yeah, but I, I'm pretty. <laughs> I try to be strict with my kids, but I think I'm trying to be strict because. I know where it can go to. Exactly. I know the snowball effect that if I don't mm-hmm. cut it off now, I can pretend I'm tough and still they can have some stuff. But if I'm not pretending I'm tough, it's a free for all. And, and I think and, it's because oh. you went through that as a young child. And I think for my mom, she's never she never went through that. She's never been obese. She's never been overweight. You know, she's never experienced that. She was in high school and through her young adult years, like before she had me, she was very athletic mm. in, in, in all of that. So it's like as a parent, I know for me, if I do decide to have children, I know that I'm going to be strict with what they're eating. Sure. And I'm we're not going to be a family that, you know, eats junk food and eats processed food oh, and things God. like that. Like, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm sending this I don't to want... everybody I know. No, I'm serious. I don't, I don't want my children to experience and go through what I went through and... Losing weight is no difficult feat because I'm you. You've come a long way, I might add, in your weight loss journey. Yeah. So it's not an easy process. No, it's not. Watching your videos and I'm like, oh, I know that one. You call it a stall. Yes, right? a stall. Yeah, or a plateau. And I'm like, it's oh, frustrating. Oh, I hate that. You just want to quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly. what parents and mentors and people are there for, and they got to try and guide you in the right direction. Right. So. Until 2011 or whatever it is, you were going up, 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 up. You said knocking on 400 pounds. What was the the straw that broke the camel's back that made you decide to go for the consultation or look up 
the surgeries and stuff? Well, um, I'm actually going to talk Red about... The Red Bull heart attack, no? No, no, that wasn't oh. it. That, <laughs> that, that was not it. <laughs> it took something else to, you know, for that to, for me to, you know, proceed with the consultation. Yeah. And I do talk about this in my next video that I'll be uploading on Saturday. That's not It's Me, Bruh. It's the other... The other one? On my YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. So the no. girl says. So, so the, the girl, girl says, says yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll be okay. uploading on my YouTube channel. Yeah. That that's the only one I have for So the Girl Says. Okay. Um it was actually one of my best friends. Someone that um I loved and connected with. Mm. Like she was like the ultimate best friend. And there was a situation where there was an event going on and um there were people that she knew and they were all in a room and they were saying some very mean and hurtful things about me. And they didn't even realize that I was in the room when they were saying these things. And she was joining in on it. Um, it was the most heartbreaking thing to, you know, experience. And even like to this day, like it's making me like teary eyed because mm. even to this day, like it's still, it still hurts. Like, even though, like, we're not, we're not friends anymore. Because mm -hmm. um, that friendship ended the moment that it happened. Um, just hearing those hurtful things and experiencing that and then talking to you like you're nothing. It, talking to you, talking about you like you're nothing. Um, and not saying anything in your defense. It's, it's kind of like, I'm always going to have this weight thing over my head. That's exactly what it felt like. It's like, and at that moment I realized no matter how nice I am, no matter, you know, how um, the, the nice things that I do for people, I'm always going to have this weight situation over my head. And that was the moment that I decided I am going to do something to get this weight off permanently. Mm. I'm going to find a tool to get this weight off permanently. Mm. And that's when I went for my first consultation to have bariatric surgery. Awesome. When you when you made that decision, mm -hmm. did you know the answer was surgery or did you think that you could do some super diet? You said you yo-yoed, you'd been through all the other ones. I knew that I could not do another Weight Watchers program. I knew I couldn't do another Atkins. I, I knew that I, I just couldn't do any more type of dieting because I felt that that wasn't sustainable. Right. I needed something that was going to be permanent and that was going to put me in a position where I was basically forced to comply. I was forced to comply. That so was when very you, when, when that switched, you knew I have to go and see what kind of surgeries are available. Exactly. Okay. That was going to get the weight off and keep it off permanently. Do you think you would have decided to get surgery if she had sat you down, like you said, you had a close relationship, if she had told you right, you know, straight to your, you know, face to face, like, hey, you need to lose weight in, in not a hurtful way, do you think that would have, do you think that would have had a different I can't uh, answer a different you, but I think no. I honestly can't say. Um, That's, a, you know, it's something, man, when you, well, I know. Hold on. I noticed yeah. you were huge, man. After uh, yeah, these guys don't say anything. Just keep laughing, smiling. Twenty, twenty. Oh shit! I can't remember. We had a we had a Sunday. We hope thing at the police, and I looked. I was like, dude. I thought like, Christ, this guy's getting big. And that was right before your your big weight loss. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, fuck, should I say something to him? Like, oh, I might get you know, I might get choked, or you might take it the wrong way. And but even like, even when the, you even when you, you know, do though, it's kind of not serious. It's kind of like in passing, or hey, dude, you're getting too big. You got to fix something. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Everybody know. Look, everyone knows that. That's easy. And that's the thing. When and what what also I, I feel what irritates me about that is when friends say, "Oh, you need to lose weight or you need to do something about your weight." You know, like when yeah, you, you know, when, they're when not you offering sit, any solutions, right? I'm like, are you going to be a part of the solution? Yeah. Are, are you, you going to train me? Exactly. Are you going to be a part of this journey? Like, are you right. going to are you in it for the race? Or are you in it for the marathon? Yeah. Let me know, because yeah. I feel like if you're going to be that friend and say, well, you need to lose weight, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to be here for you, mm. you need to make sure that you are committed to helping them get that weight off, not just for a short amount of time, mm. but you are committed through this whole entire process. You talk about how important your your inner circle yes. is in your in your videos exactly. there nice. because it's pretty cheap pretty easy to say hey you gotta lose weight exactly oh thanks i didn't see you in the mirror today like <laughs> and especially if you have friends that that don't even pay attention or even understand the struggles that you've had with your weight that's an entirely different story mm. yeah, yeah itself so you you went in for your first consultations Consultation. yeah. and you you mentioned that you had different options you thought it was going to be their gastric bypass or the right. sleeve right and then when you found out the sleeve was not reversible, that was out of the picture, so it was gastric bypass. And then the consult consultant gave you a different option. Yes. And, and that was the dual dental switch. And with the dual dental switch, that um, gives you much faster weight loss and you keep the weight off a lot longer. Mm. So it seems like everybody would choose that option. <laughs> but how come it's not as common? Well, you, it's you actually said, you said in one video that it had to be your BMI had to be a certain it had to be over a certain amount no, number, right? And I understand the process is more complicated and it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. Is that what prevents people from doing it because they just don't have the, the funds, right? Or? And that also depends if your insurance is going to cover it or not, and how much of it of how you know American healthcare sure, yeah, yeah. and how much <laughs> of it they're going to cover. Luckily for me, at the time, you know, being at twenty. Three years old, I was still on my mom's insurance, and she had amazing health care. I was going to ask, yeah. how did you? How did you, like? I, all I, I don't had know what kind pay. of job you were doing, but I was like, <laughs> man. No, all I had to pay because uh, I was working part time. All I had to pay was seven hundred dollars for my surgery. No, man, that's that amazing. was it. Seven hundred dollars to change your life, guys. Yeah. And that's the best American health care story I've ever heard. <laughs> because, <Right? laughs> excuse me, because when I looked up, I think they said it was around twenty-seven thousand, and I thought that was cheap. Is that not the whole thing? I don't know what it, I don't, because it was just, it's almost nine, nine years ago when I had this surgery. Um, I don't really remember how much it was in full. All I remember was the amount that I had to pay. Okay. That's it. And <laughs> I, I'm at the nursing college and we both used to work there and mm -hmm. I was doing one on uh, patients' rooms okay. last week. So I looked up the stats for 2019 and it was the average stay in the hospital was four to five days and the average cost was $13,000 in America. <laughs> now, I again, I don't know what, you know, but it's not cheap. No, weight loss surgery is not cheap. But when cheap. I, th not, not just weight loss surgery, I mean medical, and anything in, in the hospital in America is not cheap. No, it's not. I remember playing hockey when we were young. A buddy broke his arm, and we just live across the border. And he went back to Canada to get it fixed and casted and came back to the States because even with insurance, it would be more in the States. It, it would be not... A, wow. a realistic amount of money. Okay. <clears throat> so 27000 for, like you say, like a, a major procedure. I imagine you guys stay in the hospital for a little while. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I just taught this last week. And like a four-day stay was 13000 27 sounds pretty good for this kind of life-changing procedure. Right. Do, are, do you keep up to date with your circle of friends in the bariatric 
world or is that i keep up with a couple with a few um i will say like since coming to korea it's like the community since we're not spending time with each other because my bariatric circle we we would meet you know once or twice a month you know to kind of give updates you know support. talk sp- support each other things like that and but since i you know moved to korea like the communication is just kind of like slowed down mm. in that in that regard. so that was an absolute blessing that you were still on mom's insurance yes at the, yeah and that was right before um they made it like you were 25 and then you had to get off your parents insurance or something like that or 24 like yeah 25 wow. so i was like right at the cut point like it and was... that's still a major <laughs> issue today yeah like that's still that's part of the elections and everything so if mom didn't have insurance you already committed to life-changing i'm gonna do this you had the turning point mm-hmm. if mom didn't have the insurance did you ever think what would have happened or what you would have done i no i have honestly haven't thought about that um I mean, if my mom didn't have the insurance, I don't think I would have ever gotten the surgery, to be honest with you. Because you said in the video that you have to put $150 down for the consultation or something. Mm-hmm. And that you'd save that money, but now you have to start saving for something else. And I was like, if you're that young and $150 wasn't just, you know, pocket money, mm-hmm. then however many tens of thousands for the surgery, I mean, that would sound impossible eh. to, to have that kind of money. Right. So take us through the, the first... Parts of the, you know, the lead up to your surgery. Okay, so the the consultation, like I said, I went in with the mindset of having the gastric bypass. And the doctor told me, well, considering your BMI, your weight, um, we feel that the duodenal switch would be the best option for you. And they explained to me what the procedure was. You know, they'll, you know, cut 70% of my stomach. Mm. And they're basically um, cutting part of my small intestine. And I'm bypassing a, a large part of my small intestine so i have like the malabsorption mm. so basically for you for example brian if you were to eat something you're gonna consume all the nutrients from the meal that you're gonna eat yeah. for me i'm gonna consume maybe 30 percent of that it's got a longer 20... tube to get absorbed right yeah. so I'm, I'm not gonna absorb as much so that's why i have to take they mentioned taking the multivitamins lifelong like yeah. you don't stop like these are this is something you have to do for the rest of mm. your life sometimes you stop for a few oh, months yeah. oh yeah oh yeah and then when your hair falls be- out, you start yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, my skin, my nails. Why does my body hurt? You know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, but they explained it. And after that first consultation, um, they told me what I needed to do. I had to get three years of my weight, established weight history. I had to undergo a physical test, um, um, a, a stress, stress test, test. And I had to undergo, um, I had to get an EGD done as well. And I, you know, talked with my mom about it. And we, you know, she felt that it was the best option to take. Had the second consultation. That's when I submitted everything for them to give to the insurance company. And it wasn't even a week that I got the phone call saying that it was all approved. Wow. I wrote down here that that thing, the whole thing progressed really quickly. Yes, it did. Like, it seemed like from when you decided to make your first video to a month later, like, it's you all were, happening. You were all in already. And I was like, right. holy shit, that's and, pretty fast. Right. And I felt like at that point, like when I saw how things were just so, like how the puzzles were all just coming in together and everything was just transition, transitioning so easily. It's like, I felt like this was something that needed to happen, mm. something that I needed to do. And it just emphasized more on why I needed to get this. It's surgery. a good time in life too. Yeah. At 23, that's, you can, you can, time you're kind of, you're getting on your, getting on your life path, right? You want to go this way or that right. way? Right. So. I got a question. You said the sleeve was not reversible. Mm-hmm. So I assume the gastric bypass was, and I don't know about the switch. But 
What does reversible mean? Meaning that if there's, meaning if there's like a, an issue, then they can, I, I don't know too, honestly, I don't know too much about the sleeve because I was really focused on the gastric, the gastric bypass. And then when they told me about the dual dental switch, but I don't know exactly what that entails of things being reversible, honestly. That's I, what I was wondering. Like if you get down to your goal weight, do they reverse it back to what it was originally or something? Or, no, or what I, would be the reason for that? Um, the main reason that I've seen on like um, the different like blogs and the different Facebook groups is either because they've lost too much weight um, and they're still losing weight and it's mm, not stopping. Then okay. that point, that's when they make a decision to reverse it. Because I've seen situations where, like, I've seen posts of people um, saying that they're really scared. They're down to, like, 120 pounds. Mm. And they have, like, a feeding tube and mm. things <laughs> like that. Like, that's... Okay. And that's one of the one of the Sorry, your things. surgery worked way too well. we got to we got to Right, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So your surgery was scheduled for Halloween. Yeah, Halloween day. Can be a, a scary day. And... Yeah. <laughs> I took it as, like... I think of it as, like, my second birthday. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, my second birthday. And I'm approaching nine years post-op this month. Congratulations. That, that's you. unreal, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you're not going to be pounding candy that night, right? <laughs> I mean, get... sometimes... <laughs> I, I mean, okay. So sometimes, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm going to eat, you know, some M&Ms. And I'm going to eat half that Snickers bar. Um, but I typically go for, like, the fun size because those Why work not? well for me. Why not? Yeah, I, I, like Korea. No, no, I, mean, I like yeah. Korea that has so much fun size. I even, like that, too. Even the Coke that comes with your chicken is, like, it's like a half this? can or a third yeah, can. Right. And in America and Canada, we don't have those options. Everything's big size. Monster. There's no, like, optional size. Like, if you think of... I don't think they have a... Do they have a regular can of pop here? Like, they Possibly. have the tall, narrow ones. And they have, like, the, yeah, like the really skinny, skinny ones. The skinny ones, yeah. But now the skinny ones are getting taller. I noticed there's a taller <laughs> one now. But, but like, they have so many different options of the small snacks or the big size. And mm-hmm. at least you have the choice. At home, I felt like it was just always bigger size, bigger size, bigger it's size. Everything is just always bigger. Well, something that shocked me about uh, after your surgery, when they give you the little... It looked like a McDonald's ketchup cup. And they said you got to practice. Oh, for my last video? Yeah. When I told you that, man, that will tell. Oh, good Lord. That's crazy. Th- thinking about that. Yeah. You're literally sipping in ounces and small ounces. That's yeah. You just have that to kind of retrain, retrain your you, body. That's to, exactly what I had to do. It's yeah. like learning how to eat again, like learning how to drink, learning how to sip. It was just relearning at that wow. point. So one, one thing that I wrote down here was you made a list on one of your videos of seven things I want to do. Mm-hmm. I guess that was seven things you want to do after the surgery or once you had it? I don't know. Seven things I wanted to do like once I lost the weight. Or once I get to the weight. Yeah. Okay. And you had on your list ballroom dancing, mm-hmm. 5K mud run, mm-hmm. a zip line mm-hmm. because there's weight restrictions. Yeah. I I come into those things all the time. I'm kind of on the barrier and I think when I'm in these crazy Southeast Asian countries and it says the limit is 120 kilos and if I'm 117, I'm like... I'm not risking it. I don't think it. I want to test if it's actually 120 <laughs> right. or not. Right. Um, and I remember bungee jumping in mm-hmm. Mexico and stuff. Mm-hmm. You just, I just go, what's the weight limit on these? If it's not 20, 30 kilos over what I am, I'm not interested. Okay. Right. Listen, just, our, our group of friends here is, you know, we're not the, the fittest the fittest bunch. And when we were at F1, we went to watch the <laughs> – we went to watch this uh, – the, the car racing in, in Mokpo, I think it was. Mm-hmm. There was a guy with a carnival ride on the back, on the back of his on the back of his porter pickup uh-huh. truck. It was we called it the ball of hate, but there was what you AJ Jeffy Marky. There was six or seven 
buddies that are between 90 and 120 kilos on this thing. It was a carny ride on the back of a guy's half-ton truck. A carnival ride. It was, I, I don't even know how the how the ride didn't tip the truck over. But when we all got on it, I went, oh, we're, we're probably going to die here. That was, uh, you know, that <laughs> This will be on the side news of the front page at home. Oh, that was um, wild. Anyways. So the other one, belly dancing, mm-hmm. photo shoot, uh, to show off the new the new you, <laughs> a, a full spa treatment uh-huh. and, and traveling. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a few different places there in Europe mm-hmm. and, and Canada. How many, looking back now, and I don't know if you've touched on this in your video or not, have you ever gone back to here? And how many of these did you do? I mean, the photo shoot, I feel like this is every weekend. <laughs> you got a photo shoot going on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm I mean, curious. I do love my makeup. Yeah. Obviously, the traveling you, yeah, you've got too. So, yeah. what about the rest of these? Have you have you done those? Did you reflect on it? Did you? I haven't done the ballroom dancing yet. I will say the 5K mud run. That's something I did um, once I was able to complete running like a 5K, mm. and that was maybe almost about two years after I had the surgery. Nice. Yeah. So at that point, I became like addicted to 5K mud runs. Like mm. those were so much fun for me. Um, at one did... point, your goal was 13 mud runs in the year because it was right. 2013, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the zip lining, yes, I did that. Um, I did that in Texas and, also, Texas and I also did that here in Korea. The belly dancing, not yet because I'm waiting, you know, to have that good old plastic surgery. Mm. Um, and the other one was the photo shoot. Well, you said that's like a weekly thing for me. <laughs> I mean, I do kind of feel like it is. The spa treatment, yeah, I do treat myself to my spas. I do love them. Nice. Yeah, something I still stick to. So I, I thought that was really cool that you, you made the list and, and things that, I mean, at that time you were still really big. Mm-hmm. And, and those were all kind of weight-related things that would be, you'd be held back because of your weight. Um, you mentioned one after, and I don't remember how many months, six months, I think. Eight months? I don't know. You went to Six Flags uh-huh. down from where you live. And, right. And I have lots of these experiences because when I bring the kids to Gyeongju World, they're like, uh, you big size. <laughs> I'm like, just push it harder. It's going to go down. <laughs> just push that bar down. Or I'm on with my kids and the bar is at my waist, but I mean, it's up to their chin. And I'm like, my kid's going to fall out of here because I'm way too big for the sea dragon. Right. I think I think the Six Flags was, I think it was a little more after okay, a year. Yeah, it was like a year and a half okay. at that point. And even then, like, I was still afraid to get on that ride because I'm like, oh, my God, what if I don't fit? Mm. When you've had this mentality for so long of not being able to fit on rides, not being able to fit in boots, the movie chair seats being uncomfortable, when you have to think about, am I going to fit? Is mm. it going to break? It, that It takes a while for that mentality to kind of completely subside. Mm. So that entire time, I'm like a ball full of nerves, like, oh my God, is it going to fit? Is it going to fit? Is it going to fit? And the moment I got on that ride and it just went down smooth, I was like, yeah. yeah. You said there was even room to spare. Yeah, there was wow. extra room. <laughs> exactly. One of those moments I still have in Korea is when you're waiting at the busy elevator and it's it's two thirds full and you're like shit should i step on or not because half the time it goes beep you're like fat way go get get off like oh no but the one the famous one is at al's bar al's old bar used to go off all the time i've only been his bar a couple of times no but but that when we'd go five or six guys uh, you just go, I'm taking the stairs because oh, I don't yeah. need the buzzer going off. <laughs> so still, still happens. And now I either make sure I'm in first or if I'm close to the end, I'm just taking the stairs because 
It's not worth the probably a better option, on. anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, sorry, one one question. After a year, you said you went to Six Flags after a year, year and a half. Where are you in terms of weight after one year? Uh, after being a year post, post op. yeah, post op. Um, I think after that year, I had lost close to a hundred and twenty pounds after a year. Yep, something like that. Yeah, about hundred and twenty. That's pounds. a person. Yeah, that's a whole person. That's a yeah. whole person just yes, fell yes. off. That's, I don't know, I can't even, Yeah, because it's hard for me to fathom. Yeah, yeah my true. starting weight, and like I still do like the pounds, but I had to write it that's all right, down yeah. like in kilograms. My starting <laughs> Are weight. Are you doing conversions? Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, let me make sure I had this ready. But um, my my starting weight before I had, when the day I had the surgery was 176 kilograms. That's 388 pounds, yeah. roughly. And I weighed myself this morning, and I'm at 149 pounds, which is 67.5 kilograms. Whoa. So Whoa, that gives me, is. yeah, that gives me a total weight loss of 108 kilograms, so 239 pounds. That's, That's a whole football player. <laughs> or two Brian's. Two Brian's, oh. <laughs> right? And, and Nate's left leg. <laughs> Stop, Nate. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I, 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 for any of you guys that are listening, if you're on your own battles or whatever, if you want to check out her her videos, they're they're awesome. And and just to see the progressions going through, um, the six month one. As soon as I clicked on it, it was like, wow, she's a new person. That's I saw that too. <laughs> At the six month video, when it when it started, you were a different person. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down, new woman, happy, vibrant. Yeah. And then you got into the details. And then I was like, wow, she's got a boyfriend. That's why. Well, I wouldn't say a um, boyfriend. Or, or a, a, new fr- a new friendship. A new friend, a new friend. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so obvious to see in your face. And then you said, I got promoted at work. I started running. I met this guy. And I was like, holy shit. You can just mm-hmm. totally see it. And it was like, wow, that must be a, a, a major turning point. Was it? Yes. It was like I was physically seeing you know my progression and and honestly when i started the youtube videos i was just doing it for myself like my own type of therapy just to keep a record of what i was achieving because i knew at that point like i'm going to make this stick i'm going to make this work and i want to be able to have things that i can go back to and reference and yeah it's like my attitude changed i became i became more confident seeing clothes that were basically falling off of me and just really seeing like my inner beauty and just being more outspoken and also noticing that people do treat you differently when you're smaller mm, compared absolutely. to when you're overweight. Absolutely. They treat you very differently. What are, can you reference some um, experiences or what are some of the things? There, you know, seen? there are times like, you know, when people, when you're, for me, like when you're overweight, people don't take you seriously. Um, you know, they don't um, really take the time to get to know you. They just kind of overlook you. Mm. Oh, like, ov- overlook, they don't really, you know, care too much for you. But when you're thin and it even helps when you're pretty, they're more, like, really listening to you. You <laughs> know, taking note, leaning in, <laughs> taking notice, you know, taking you seriously and just showing, like, genuine care. Like, I don't know if it, I mean, yeah, just showing genuine care mm. because, like, you are, I guess, what you consider by society normal mm. in a way tell us about your um we got written down here px90 your insanity yeah uh, tell us a little bit about that 388 pounds you're not going for 5k runs Mm-mm. how did you gently kind of ease your way into into running or exercising what was well once i was cleared um to start exercising how um, long after so 
That's what I was saying. What is, what is the had, transition period from because, surgery to well, for normal me, life? For me, like I had a complication. Like the moment, the day that I was released from the hospital. The twisted intestine. Yeah, yeah. my my, uh, my intestine had twisted. I was I had to go back to the hospital that evening and had to have another and had another surgery. Um, I wasn't cleared until I had the surgery in October. I didn't start. I wasn't cleared until like April. Really? Wait, wow. April? March, around March or April, roughly around there, because I couldn't work the rest of the year. Like I was out of, I couldn't work the rest of the year. How does it? How does it feel like going in for the going in for the surgery, and you're like, all right, got my surgery, I'm ready to go, let's start this journey, and mm-hmm. then it's like everything, so everything's on hold for another eight months. Does that really crush your confidence? Is oh that... yeah, like I, for me, it being in that hospital was a very grueling process because for one, I don't like hospitals and two, I don't like staying in hospitals. They smell great. <laughs> and two, I don't like staying in hospitals for too long. I feel like you, you people tend to get sicker when they're in hospitals yeah, for bend. a lot longer. So it's like, uh, can I just get out of here, please? I feel like I would feel a lot better if I could just go home and recover. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a very grueling process, but that when I finally got home and not working and just really it gave me a chance to really focus on how i'm supposed to eat what things i'm supposed to eat and just doing very light exercising like just like walking around the neighborhood and Mm. things like that um that really helped me kind of build up my mental strength again because i felt like when i had that complication and the doctor told me what was going on i had to have surgery that evening it was like it was it was like a mind fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. What the hell is going on? Like, you mm. know? Um, but yeah. Um, and that was when I was finally cleared, you know, to have to have the surgery. I mean, sorry, to exercise. <laughs> I had met someone and she was um, a personal trainer. And she introduced me to the entire like P90X program mm. and Shakeology. And those were things that I started to incorporate into my diet and into my exercise regime. Uh, mm. regimen like mm. i started with p90x mm. and after like 30 days i remember taking like i have pictures of a 30 day 60 day and 90 day progression and you can just see like how lean and how cut i was getting and it was so shocking to me um how easy it was for me to build up that muscle mm. like like when i work out like my body like easily builds muscle now and i love that like yeah. it doesn't take that long for my muscles to like pop out where you can just see them you know mm. cool. <laughs> and you, you guys don't have the the opportunity to see right now but we'll connect her youtube channel and stuff but man she was ripped yes <laughs> and i, I was like wow addicted. i was addicted to it <laughs> Be- because it was a challenge getting mm-hmm. into that and i mean a lot of the times you mention you know i haven't worked out for two months i haven't been to the gym. i didn't even mm-hmm. go for a walk life mm-hmm. life kind of happens mm-hmm. and i got off my diet and i did and i did hit a stall and mm-hmm. and then man something something changed there and you went buck wild for a while yeah (laughs) wow yeah it it was more of like for me it's like once i started working out and i just became so involved in work like it got to the point where i was working out six days a week getting up at 4 30 in the morning to meet with my personal trainer by 5 15 working out then going home showering getting ready for work go to work get off work run a 5k or a 10k Mm. then go work out again with my trainer like it was intense so what was the inspiration then or what what had happened between the kind of one foot in one foot out training and i mean your weight was always going down Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like you're seeing results even if you weren't but faster right even Mm -hmm. if you weren't training or whatever i mean you were you were still seeing the results so maybe it didn't motivate you to Maybe I don't have to train so much because it's going down anyways. But what what motivated you to, to get on that? I fell in love with running. 
like falling in love with running and um <laughs> running i was running like three five k's almost every day yeah. and just having that that feeling of just having that sense of a high and i'm sure you understand that like when you're done working out like you just feel invincible yeah, and it's right. like it's like okay i'm ready for another challenge like how can i put my body under you know more stress and that mm. and that kind of aspect and that's where like it all started for me it's yeah. just like being able once i was able to run like my first 5k it was just all uphill from there yeah, yeah. do you uh oh man i i i'm <laughs> severely addicted to to running as well i can i i don't feel i can i can go through the day without doing some some sort right. of cardio in the in the morning i just i don't feel right i don't feel right. right i'm still trying to find that point where you get addicted to running oh yeah trust me <laughs> you gotta, I, I hope it'll come sometime it before will. my 50th no, it will it will because for me it was like it for me was if i didn't run that morning or exercise that morning my entire day was out of whack hmm. i was not in a good mood yeah. i can't i can't imagine I, I couldn't think right i just it just just wasn't a good day for me oh man yeah running it's so i hated it for years <laughs> i hated it for years when i when i was when i was training for hockey dad used to follow me in the car like you said you know are you gonna be part of the solution or yeah i'm gonna drive the car around and honk if you're going too slow i was Thanks, training, dad. I, I was training for hockey and and it was intense and i was playing at a high level of hockey yeah and i was like you got better stuff to do he's like no i gotta make sure you're running at the right speed and you're going and i was like Cause he knows we'd run, we'd run around the corner of the block and then we'd walk for a bit. <laughs> You'd be looking at it, start running. We just, it just wasn't ever fun. It's mm-hmm. like Rocky Four. And and yeah. now, and then, and then Nate did sit up with boulders and, and beat up some uh, oh, some cows in the freezer. I remember running around the track at the high school mm-hmm. and we'd be jogging, jogging, and if we saw that truck pull up, boom, you'd turn on the jets for a few laps until Dad thought it was okay, but. <laughs> Now, like I said, running in Korea was kind of like a ch- like you like a challenge before, like doing my half marathons ten years ago. And you stuff. got me into ten Ks. I never and, thought, never even thought about doing it. Yeah. And then now, like now, I see it as more like a meditation or, or like a calming, a relax. I don't see mm-hmm. it as I'm running to lose weight or I'm running to exercise. I, I love exercise. I play hockey. I play. Mm-hmm. Lo- I do lots of stuff. Get in the zone. But, but now yeah. it's like, wow, no kids, no wife, no people, just me and the. And the park or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a, a release for me or a freedom yeah. for me. So now I, I just look, approach it a different way. And, and I, now I enjoy it more, but I'm not addicted to running. <laughs> and that's... I miss it. I do. I really do miss it. Because like when I came to Korea, living on my own in a different country was very difficult for me at mm. the very beginning. So like trying to find a gym that I was comfortable with and then being afraid because it's like you're a foreigner mm. and you're a black woman in this gym. People are going to stare. And it's like it kind of felt like I was 388 pounds again <laughs> and walking into the gym for the first time. And, you know, there's like this stigma in the gym where it's like they're looking at you because you're so overweight. And, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of like that. Like I that's what I was feeling. So it, it kind of hit like it kind of deterred me from going to the gym but i was i still went out luckily i live like at the time i was right next to tewa the, mm, the lake and the, the trails yeah. right and i would go out and still like get my runs in but as far as like working out that wasn't something that i did immediately um until after a few years like when i moved to Daoundong and i found like a small gym mm. that had a personal trainer and it was very cheap and then mm. i got back into my working out again nice. yeah Nice, nice, nice. But it, it stopped becoming a priority for me because it's like I'm in this, I'm in this country, 
I'm here for an experience. I'm here to also save, but I also want to travel. Mm. And it's like, I want to kind of put that on hold because I felt at that time I had a good bearing on my nutrition and on my exercising and things like that. So it's like, I just want to travel and have a good time. Like, I want to have fun. Mm, It's important not to... You know, not to go, I think, too too hard into it. Yeah, I find with off the deep end <laughs> with uh, with running when I would ramp up training for a ten k, mm-hmm. I started hating. I started hating running even more. Like fuck, I gotta do this. Oh, I gotta do this. And I was putting, I think, undue stress on myself. But mm-hmm. now when I'm, I just go in, do my regular morning run, and it's just there's no pressure. I have to build up to this or to that, right. and just you can just enjoy it. You know. Yeah. I have, I have no idea about. Uh, the skin thing, but you see it on uh, some of the TV shows and stuff and the follow-ups to The Biggest Loser and these mm-hmm. kind of things. You, One thing I thought was interesting, you mentioned that your doctor said if you exercise, you're young enough that you might or you wouldn't need the excess skin surgery. Mm-hmm. That was my first quote. When we talked about having you on, that was one of my first, mm-hmm. uh, one of my first and, questions. And I was shocked and I thought, man, your goal was 168? 165. Right? 165? Yeah. And I thought, man, if you lose two hundred and something pounds, how is the skin that elastic that as long as you're exercising, really? Like that's amazing because I think he was overzealous saying making that statement, but yeah. Because I mean you you not see it all the time or hear it all the time, but in terms of major weight losses, you always hear that's the last part of the thing. Mm-hmm. The kind of like the I, I've done it, I've been here, mm-hmm. and now I just want to do this so I can move on with my life. Right, for it to come full circle, exactly. And, and you had gone, and I think you said that it wasn't going to be covered by... Insurance. You, you, so, so I guess you, you were exercising, you weren't, you were off and on, and you go, oh, maybe I should keep doing it because that guy told me that. But in the end, you lost a pile of weight, and you tried to get it, or you went to cons- get a consultation, and it wasn't going to be covered under insurance. Um and your goal then was to start saving money. You were going to scale back your spending. Mm-hmm. How? What's happened since those videos I mean, in, in that regard? Have you been able to do that? Have you saved enough for that? Well, since I came to Korea, I can uh, proudly say that I've saved um, enough, enough. To, have, to have my surgeries <laughs> back home. You. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I will say like when the doctor made that statement, oh, because you're young, your skin is just going to snap right back. You might have a little bit of sagginess, but it, it won't be anything that you may want to cosmetically get, you know, done. Right. But boy, was he wrong. Because <laughs> I need to get a tummy tuck. I need to get a back lift, you know, all these different things. And that is not cheap in the United States. But right. I'm proud to say that I've saved the money and it's happening next year. Mm. <laughs> you do, it wouldn't be better to do it here. I was going to say, in Korea Cre- is like the number um, one plastic surgery place I in the will, world. Okay, so I did my research. When it comes to the face, Korea is on point when it comes <laughs> okay. to the face, okay. right? Yeah. When it comes to the body, they don't necessarily shape the body and they're not as aggressive with liposuction as I would like them to be compared to the United States and the DR. Because I did consider going to the DR um, because it would have been a whole the lot Democratic cheaper. Democratic Republic of North Korea? No. DRMP? <laughs> no, no, it's a... What's a DR? The Dominican Republic. Oh, okay. Yeah, the DR. They call it the DR. Okay. Because the DR is known for, you know, giving women like that hourglass shape, like oh, what you okay. see on Instagram. Yeah, I was just going to yes, say that. that's Isn't where that the just women... a filter? That's no, a real, it's not that's a, a real filter. filter. <laughs> Their bodies actually look like that. They go to the DR, and the DR gives you the Brazilian butt lift. They give you the tummy tuck. They give you the breast implant. The BBL? Yeah, the BBL. Yeah, yeah and they're more aggressive with the liposuction. <laughs> to... You guys are like laughing. I'm so serious. <laughs> 
No, yeah. I, 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 that's yes. wild. Yes, no, and that and that's and it's in it's a whole lot cheaper. But and I was gonna do that before COVID, but after COVID, when things are you know very uncertain, I just feel that it's and after talking with my family and you know other another important person in my life, it's just best to get it done in the United States. And, and now, if yeah. you have the money and the financial yeah. means, I mean, why not? You got the comfort of home. It's probably yeah. a lot more easy decision to, to do that. Right. Because if I was going to go to the DR, I was I would have to because of COVID, I would have to go on my own and go through this whole recovery process on my own versus if we didn't have COVID, the initial plan was to have my mom come down mm. and be with me like she was for my surgery when I had my weight loss surgery and help me out. So this is a lot of years later. Is the price still around the same or is it? Oh, it's more expensive. Yeah. It's more expensive now. Yeah. The, well, the, will you see that as kind of the final chapter, closing chapter of the old you? Yes, or? yes, and that's why it's just so important for me to have this to to have this plastic surgery before I reach ten years, because I'm just ready for everything to come full circle, so I can say, okay, I can put this book away and just move forward with my life. It's your your yeah. Odyssey, right? right. It wasn't uh, Odysseus was on the on the high seas <laughs> for ten years, right? Out, right. Out and back, oh, wild. Do you? Fine with uh, you have a pretty regular exercise routine now. Um, I mean, is it on the back burner? No, I wouldn't say it's on the <laughs> back burner. I mean, I mean, I mean, I do temp- typically like go out for my walks, but as far as like going for runs, and you know, getting going, you know, to the gym, that's not something I do anymore because mm. you know before COVID I was doing that, mm. but when COVID hit, it was like my social life completely stopped, and that was hard. Because mm. I'm sure you guys have seen like <laughs> my Instagram. <laughs> Graham and my Facebook like I was all over Korea <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was hard and then not going to the gym like that it just like being home like it nearly drove me insane to be mm. honest that first month like at the end of April that's when I'm not sorry the end of February that's when everything really shut, shut down, down in, Ul- yeah. in Ulsan and that entire month of March even up to my birthday it was awful I spent my birthday alone <laughs> oh, no. when's your birthday March 22nd oh I'm- yeah I'm the 20th. We got to celebrate next time. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. be here, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a Zoom. A Zoom, <laughs> Zoom? okay. Um, just for, I mean, eating habits and, mm-hmm. um, and exercise routine and whatnot. Do you find over the last decade that you've kind of, you're strengthening those, uh, what do you say, those those muscles? Like you, you don't, it's easy to talk about exercise where okay. for running, you know, when you first start, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. But over time, you're kind of callousing your mind like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is pretty easy. Do you find that over, you know, now after 10 years, nothing can stop you? Or do you still worry like, oh, I could revert back to my... Oh, I still have that worry in the back of my head um, of gaining the weight. Because mm-hmm. I made a promise to myself, I will mm-hmm. never, ever put that weight back on. Mm-hmm. I'm never going back to who I to who I used to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going back to that, you got to that one, girl. One video that I thought was kind of cute or funny and you're like... Yeah, it was Christmas, and I had some of this, and I had some of that, and I haven't. I'm not weighing myself this week because you can't, <laughs> you just can't take the fat girl out of me. I still got some of those thoughts going on in yeah. my head. And, she never leaves. And, <laughs> She's not going anywhere. But it it's might just be a matter. Good. I don't want to go back. It might right. be good to to not ignore that that voice. In I the don't. Back. Yeah. I never do. It's and good be- to recognize it. Right, and because that, and because I developed such good habits. Um, after the surgery and I took it very seriously uh, down to like food journaling and when I uh, even down to like logging my food on like my fitness pal and my plate Mm. it got to the point where I was able to recognize like what foods could help me what foods would hinder me things like that and now like when it comes to my eating habits 
it's like second nature. I know exactly what I need to eat. I know that if I decide to have, you know, a cup of coffee or, or you know, a latte or have something high in sugar, I know I'm going to pay the price for that. Because mm. with weight loss surgery, for me, having something that's high in sugar, that is like your body can't process all that sugar. So you're going to experience things like dizziness, diarrhea. Mm. You're going to feel lightheaded and faint. So it's kind of like, do I really want to put myself through this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am really at home. Am, am I at home <laughs> to do this? <laughs> yeah, those kinds of things. So it's. What are you yeah. doing today? I'm going to get high on a, on a latte. <laughs> a sugar house. high. <laughs> so you right. mentioned one of the things in there was you took a sip of your mom's Coke. Mm-hmm. And you had a major problem was... and you had to go back onto liquids oh, for three or four days. Gosh. And then soft foods. And I was like, one sip of Coke and you have to like go on liquids for three or four days and then soft foods and then back to... It's like the setback is real. What? <laughs> How, how did that work? What happened? How did you like? Okay, so I had a sip of my mom's coke. It seems extreme. No, I, I had a I had a sip of my mom's coke, and it's just in that moment, it just felt like my stomach was just like tightening up. Hmm. It just I don't know. It just felt like someone had like my stomach in their fist, and they were just tightening yeah. it up, and it was just so irritated. Like, and they usually call like your new stomach your pouch. So my pouch was just so irritated that I. Literally had to start off with like soft foods mm. or liquids and then transition to soft foods. And for me, every time when I, and even to this day, like I, if I eat something and it irritates my stomach, I'll take, you know, a day to do like all liquids, which is yeah. like, like my protein shakes. Cause for a bariatric patient, your protein is something that's very important. Like you need to have high amounts of protein. Yeah. Um, so I would do like protein shakes, pr- um, uh, uh, protein smoothies, things along those lines. Yeah. And then, like, slowly, like, introduce, like, eggs and soups and until yeah. I felt like my stomach was okay. Yeah. Um, true or false, mm-hmm. if you've been through the, the <laughs> Weight Watchers and the Jenny Craig and whatnot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to throw a curveball here. I heard if you eat a banana, it's – if you just eat a regular banana, that's no points. I don't know which one the points is. But if you blend a banana – that's like ten points, and like you're you're screwed for sugar for the rest of the day. I have no idea how. You never heard that one. I, I never heard that one. Quite honestly, like after my second attempt of Weight Watchers, mm. <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you, like, I, and I talk about that in my next video. Mm. You know, again, that you guys will see on Saturday. But after that second attempt with Weight Watchers, I was done. I was like, I'm done with this whole Weight Watchers thing. I'm yeah. not giving them any more of my money. <laughs> Do they? They don't prepare meals for you right it's just uh you can actually they actually have them where you could buy like their pre-made meals and you, you can have you can buy them at the at the meetings that mm. they have they have them they're like their bars and stuff like that huh mm-hmm. so I, I i wanted to ask about i mean it seemed it seemed like what do they tell you when you get the surgery that as long as you just eat how they tell you you're gonna lose x amount of weight or this is possible or that is possible? They or, tell or you it... it's possible to lose. They usually, they typically, what they say is, you know, your first year you'll lose, within six months to a year, you'll lose 100 pounds or more. Doing, doing just nothing, just following, eating just what following, you're supposed to eat. Eat, Just following the eating guidelines, yes. Because my question was about oh, mental vs. physical challenges that the physical one is just part of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there must be a ton of mental blocks, barriers, oh, yeah. obstacles to go over. But... It's not just those that you also had to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just, it's just going to melt off and just hang out and, and wait 18 months and you're going to be skinny. Um, I mean, there's hard work that goes into it as well. And there's habits that need to be changed. And I think many times, you know, um, uh, the reason why you see some people that end up, you know, gaining the weight back 
um, even after having bariatric surgery is because those habits haven't changed. Mm. They didn't make that conscious effort to change to change their habits or to even recognize their relationship with food or even understand if they have a food addiction or not. Mm. So that's what I mean. Is this like magic or how? It's not how magic. Because you said that uh, when they shrink your stomach size and then you said for a while you weren't even hungry. You had to teach yourself to eat because mm-hmm. you weren't even hungry. Yeah. And I thought, well, then what happened to all your but potato each... chips and cravings and you just don't want any of that, that stuff That was anymore, head or... hunger. That was head hunger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But physically, I just wasn't, I wasn't hungry. But I mean, I had moments where it's like, I see those chips and I'm like, I want. <laughs> at those, at those, at those low moments or those, those mm-hmm. very trying moments, what, uh, do you have any mechanisms that, that helped you get through any? Going to my meetings, I will mm-hmm. say going to my meetings and actually hearing um, other people's stories like when they would eat something that was com- way too soon. Mm. I remember there was a meeting I went to and there was a young man that he was there every single meeting and he wasn't there. And I said, well, where, where is he? Like what happened to him? And Had a sip of Coke. <laughs> no, no. Come to find out like he got a Big Mac and put it in the blender and was drinking. It's not funny. Dream. It's not funny. This is serious. He was, he was, he really wanted a Big Mac and he, he put it in a blender and liquefied it because he can't because he could, it wouldn't it, fit in his right because I mean it, 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 right yeah. he was still in like the liquid soft food phase oh, like you, how are you gonna sit here and eat a Big Mac like you can't yeah. so he figured okay well I'll just put a Big Mac and this just goes to show like how Clever. serious how serious food addiction is like how right. serious you know that this issue is um he put That's in a blender and liquefied it and of course it was still kind of chunky but he drank it and it ended up putting him back in the hospital. No doubt. It ended up putting him back in the hospital. And, and hearing Jesus. stories like that, it's like, I, I, I don't ever want to put myself in that kind of situation because I had a complication. And the last thing I want to do is go back to the hospital. Yeah. So maybe that was a blessing in disguise, the, the twisted... Uh... Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't wish it on I me again. I just thought but, I was uh, going to die. <laughs> so for people who think are thinking about this or, or contemplate it, what, what do you think is the ratio of mental to physical... Uh, I think it's all. I think it's it's all mental. Like you, I, I honestly think it's all mental. And as I said, any any addiction. Right? Yeah, right. Your, I, your body will adapt. But I mean, if you didn't go through all the exercise and become addicted to running and and your P ninety and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you might be a little bit heavier, but you'd be completely fine because you got the mental part of it mm-hmm. taken care of. Possibly, possibly. I think what it comes down to, if if you're deciding to get bariatric surgery, you know, and I do have a video that says like, are you mentally prepared for that? And mm. I talk about specifically. You know, what you need, like how you need to prepare yourself, Um, you know, recognizing, like I said, those um, recognizing if you have food addiction, recognizing your relationship with food. Like, are you eating because you're an emotional eater or are you eating because of stress? You know, things along those lines. Um, Having a strong circle of support, you know, making sure that the people that you have in your life truly understand this surgery and they're going to support you and they're in it for the long haul. Mm. And there's other things that I talk about as well, but you mm. got to watch the video to find out. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you had uh, any we call them like Hollywood moments where you're sitting there, you're looking at the ice cream, like I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and you're you're ready to to go into it. But no, and that's I want to no. know what I the question I was kind of asking before was when I quit smoking, if I felt like a smoke, I'd be like, eh, I'll have a glass of water or put on my shoes and just go for a run because that's the last thing you want to do after smoking mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, after running is, is have a smoke. Was there any really trying moments for you? Um, well, like I said, 
it's kind of a Hollywood moment where you're looking at the ice cream like, oh, should I do? And how do you how do you overcome that? Is Thanks. it like just pound a glass of water or when I was run with, out of my house? Or? No, when I was, you know, in, before I left for Korea, I was back in Texas and I had, um, I think it was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving the year after my surgery. No, two, two years after. No, it was a year after my surgery. That first Thanksgiving dinner, seeing... All that glorious food, the turkey, the ham, the dressing, the collard greens, the mac and cheese, the sweet potato pie. Like, oh, (laughs) that was hard. That was very hard. But I was prepared because I always had like my small little like plate Mm. that I carried around with me. Like I had my tool, like I had my plate and whatever I could fit on that plate in small portions, that's what I would eat. And I would take my time with it. If I wanted more, I would have to always remind myself, you don't want to go back to the hospital. Mm. You don't want to go back to the hospital. That yeah. was like my mantra. Yeah. And I, cause I, I completely abhor hospitals. Like you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. It's good that you have those, those kind of stops in place yeah. or that, that mental mantra that you, yeah. that you go back to. That's awesome. That's awesome. So take us a couple of years of this at home. Mm-hmm. Were you in a fairly good routine? I mean, maybe you say you weren't mentally engaged at home or whatever, so you decided to come to Korea. But mm-hmm. were you, I mean, physically you were, you figured this I had out, my routine, you know yeah. how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, man, Texas to Ulsa, that's a big change. Yeah, I needed I needed to, to completely separate myself from everything and everyone in Texas and and just be on my own and be on my own two feet mm. and to do this. Do you find, or you mentioned earlier that the, that the inner circle is very important. When you decide to move to Ulsan, did you realize that in the end, it's your circle can support you, but it's you. It's you. It's you. It's that, absolutely that it. yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Coming here, did you have a lot of concerns about oh, yes. your, the food and the if you had to go back to the hospital and... It, trying to explain like what I the surgery I, mean, I had done. You're of not course. you're not moving to Portugal or 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 Italy or somewhere. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, or, or even South America. I mean, this is Asia and it's it's right. way out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. So how how did that play into your? That was definitely a concern of mine. Um, like, how was I going to get my multivitamins? Because I take I take a lot of pills a mm. day. I take. Three calcium tablets. I take two iron tablets. I take a B12. I take two multivitamins. Um, I take biotin. I take collagen. You know, I take all these different things that I'm going to have to take for the rest of my life. So it's like, how am I going to, you know, get these specific multi, these dif- specific vitamins that I need it for bariatric patients because it's very high, it's high in potency and it helps. It's easy for absorption because they don't have that here in Korea. I was going to say, you're coming to a country with zero bariatric It's not, patients. it's not here. So it was, it was literally like, um, you know, and I'm like, how am I going to get like my favorite, you know, protein that I love, which is muscle milk and quest. Like, how was I going to get that? Um, so it got to the point where my mom was sending me packages like every two to three months that was specifically like my protein mm. and my multivitamins mm. until I found, um, bariatric pal and they do international shipping. Thank goodness. Mm. But the shipping is like $45, but it's worth it. I mean, I, I just consider it as a bill. Cause for me, like my vitamins right. are a monthly bill yeah. and it's not something I'm going to stop taking. I'm not going to sure. give it up. Yeah. And, and that was part of becoming independent and mm-hmm. being on your yeah, own yeah mom doesn't have to send them now you figured it out yeah i did and i, I did. think for us like and i'm not making... and coupon made it 
you know, has Quest and Muscle, muscle Milk online where he can Deadly. get here in like a week, you know, which is the best part. Rocket so, Tech yeah. Bay, you'll have a better like, time to podcast. Yeah. We, we laugh lots about the old days. And I mean, it was only six years ago. When did Costco come to Ulsan? Five years? It was here when I got here in 2014. Okay. Well, that must have been it then. We used to go to Busan and Daegu to buy cheese. Wow. And I mean, yours is essential for your life, but... I mean, I'm not saying the cheese was essential for us, but it was something that, man. A simple thing that, that back home is just. A staple you could right. get anywhere. Yeah. And now the people who come now think, wow, you can go to Costco. And get... It wasn't like that. We used to go to Busan and Daegu just to get, you know, cheese and a couple other things mm. that would make a big difference in our lives that we could mm-hmm. actually cook a lot of the food we know. Um, appreciate the small things. Living here so, makes so you So you figure, you figure it out, things. right? The longer right. you stay, the, the easier it gets and the more yeah. you figure it out. Yeah, you had, I, ha- I had to grow up and I, I grew up in living here. I grew yeah. up. Me too. I grew up. <laughs> I think we all, we all yeah. did. Going out on your... I was pretty... Um, not sheltered back home, but it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't so hard. No, I was to, sheltered. To live. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't so hard to live, but you come out here, you learn, you learn quick, and I think yeah. it's uh, maybe it... for the for the Korean kids getting sent off to the army or in university, your, right? University, yeah, it's. I think that's an important mm-hmm. uh, coming of age thing that uh, that everyone should everyone should participate mm-hmm. in. How long did it take you to figure out Korea and become the? The weekend warrior, where you're, you're you're at events and festivals like a Hollywood star all over Korea every weekend. Um, I, I wrote down here fashion and style and living life, always doing something, always going somewhere. KTX super pass. I assume a lot of that comes from your past of being restricted by your yeah. weight that you couldn't express yourself and yeah. do all these things and go all these places. Right. But how long did it take you to figure this stuff out? Like, um, a new hair color every three days and. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> You know, well, running with the stars in Seoul and the Busan Film Festival, man. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it took it took about a year living here, a year, a year and a half to fully like be comfortable in figuring out where I needed to go, and then making those friends and making friends in the military and going to all the different you know events and parties and stuff and clubs and. Like my first club club experience was here in Korea at 20, 27 years old, Mm. you know, and I didn't have my first drink until I was 30 on my 30th birthday. Wow. You didn't drink alcohol? I didn't drink at all. No. I didn't drink at all. But now I, you know, I do love my tequila. (laughs) 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 Oh, good old Jose never lets you down, you know, but um, yeah, I didn't have my first drink until my 30th birthday and that was in in Pyeongtaek on the the military basis. Mm. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember meeting a few of the African-American women mm-hmm. uh, that came with the first intake of Epic. Mm-hmm. And their biggest problem was, where can I get my hair done? Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and there was nowhere. And and it would be guys like me and Gareth. We've been here for years and say, listen, I don't have to get my hair done. But I know there's two or three places in Seoul. And every girl goes to those places. That's the I only saw place. your comments on, on Osama. Because that's the only place <laughs> you can get it done. And everybody knows that. Like, Even all the all the other people know that. The African American girls got to do their hair, yeah. and this is where you go to get it done. Yeah, health. And I will say, like, <coughs> when I first came here, um, be- before I came here, that was one of the first things I looked up <laughs> before I got on that plane. Who can I go to to do my hair? And I found a woman um, in Seoul, so I would go to Seoul like every couple of months to get my hair done, to get like you know extensions and things like that. Oh. Um, until I, you know, decided because my hair. I, like, I still have issues with my hair because of, like, my thyroid issues and things like that. And also just with, like, with the weight loss, if I don't get enough protein and if I'm inconsistent with taking my multivitamins, my hair will fall out. So it got to the Is point where... Is that my where, problem? 
Is it, is it a lack of protein? Yeah, it's yeah, it really is for well for a bariatric patient. Oh, okay. I don't know for someone like you, but that could just be hereditary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like I decided, I'm just gonna shave my head. Like I'm over it. Yeah. I'm, I'm I don't care. I don't care about this because there are things that you can have done, like getting wigs made. And mm. I pay a lot of money for my wigs. I love to change up my looks. You know, I'm team wig all the way. Um, but my head is shaved. Like I don't. I don't think I don't. I had care no idea. It. Yeah, my head's shaved. I have pictures. I can show Over. you. Well, listen. When I was in West Africa, <laughs> this thing blew my mind. When, but, when I when I travel in Japan, that's a wig. That's a wig. This is a wig. Yes. When I when I travel, that, that's real yeah. hair, man. It that's is. unreal. It's not cheap. You, well, you didn't notice it was a rainbow three days ago and two days before that was purple. And... I didn't know if uh, no. I didn't... <laughs> No person's that... hair could take that much damage. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw like the curly or like the the wavy. Yeah, I the have wavy. wavy I have kinky curly. I yeah. have straight. I have. She does it for like six hours waves. every morning before work. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say all that, but yeah, I change my looks up all the time. It's all wigs. Every single. This picture. is a stupid question. How does how does it stick on your head? Um, there's do, a, do you gotta the... glue it? <laughs> The term we say is secure the wig, bro. Secure, secure the, the wig. wig. Yeah, secure the wig. <laughs> well, I saw, on, I saw on Facebook, you get like the, the dude who's got the toilet seat and then the, the barber like draws a line. Then he paints his head with some glue and then sticks it on. <laughs> the George Costanza. <laughs> no, but the way the way the wigs work, you can either get them glueless or you can get them glued. Oh, okay. And all of my wigs are glueless because I just want to be able to take it off when I come home. So okay. I literally just take it off and put it on. And there's a band. Yeah. That's, you know, on, on the wig. And there's also combs where you can, like, hook into your, you know, into okay. your hair. Any of your students, I mean, the students are touchy-feely. They love my arm hair and my beard. Oh, and, they don't touch my and hair. And they're like, oh, teacher, teacher, do they ever... No, they're just like... Never have no, any my, accidents? No, my wig is always secured. <laughs> it's always secured. Like... You know, they can like because pull that on would, it. Because that yeah. would send them through the roof. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, teacher! Mom! Teacher! <laughs> no, no, my wig is always secured. And they just like, you know, just put their fingers through. And that's fine. Like, yeah. They, oh, that's... Yeah, it's I had no idea. Yeah, what, what about the partner? It's a closure. And what they do is they bleach the closure to make it look more like your natural scalp. And then they pluck it to make it look like a natural hairline. But it's literally like... It's just a closure. My, my like, game I play in Korea all the time when I go around, I'm convinced like 80 percent of the guys here are bald and they all have wigs and every time i'm walking around if i see a guy with like salt and pepper hair underneath and it's all black on top i'm like you son of a bitch you got <laughs> i see that growing in <laughs> listen when i used to go to japan and we used to go a lot the girls there would eat lamian and live in a in a shoe box mm -hmm. just so they could have their bags just so they could give that image that they were High end, they would they would eat the cheapest food and stay in the cheapest place just to project that image of. But I got my Louis Vuitton, I got my Gucci, I got my Prada, and but it isn't wasn't that how a lot of people are living. Well, yeah, oh, okay, but when I went to West Africa, that's Gangnam style. That's the whole. It was anything to save your money to get your hair done. Mm -hmm. and, and I just thought it was, and then I thought started thinking like you know where I'm from in Manitoba, it's your lawn. How green and how weedless mm -hmm, your lawn is, mm -hmm. and in Toronto it's your car. No, no, and Niagara Falls it's your lawn. Gino had the greenest lawn you ever. But seen. it just made me think and reflect on how everywhere you go, like even if you think here it's my bag, but if you bring your bag to Manitoba, nobody gives a shit. It's They're your just tractor. Like, what is this, right? Um, and if you bring it to Niagara Falls, it's your grass. So throw your bag out and get some weed on your lawn. <laughs> yeah. But in West Africa, I mean, 
making your hair was by far the most important thing for women to do. Yeah, getting your hair done. Was to yeah. make sure that it was done. And if you got caught in between with your shaved head, they know it's a you didn't sell enough plantain this week or, or whatever and you didn't have enough to get your hair done. Right. But I I didn't know that because all the kid all the girls are shaved because they don't want to have lice and it's mm-hmm. a school it's part of their school uniform, mm-hmm. at least in Ghana and, and most of West Africa. Yeah. Um but I that's I never thought that because you don't see that growing up but they're some of the most beautiful beautiful people i've ever mm-hmm. seen is these young girls with shaved heads mm-hmm. and then as soon as they get to like after they graduate high school boom now it's all these glamour dudes and everything luxurious <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i i think it's awesome to see and it r- really reminds me of being there and going wow you look like a supermodel today. And <laughs> yesterday you had a shaved head, and then next week you got something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you ask me all the time why I don't have a wig? And I just go, I, you don't need one. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's so, oh, I don't know. What are, what are some of the highlights of, of, you know, you've established this this life and this new life or this weight, and you can... You can be involved in, in, you have a social life. What are some of the highlights going around Korea and, and, you know, seeing and doing so many things? I used to having a social life, like COVID shut that down real quick. Um, uh, For me, it was, you know, um, like paragliding, zip lining, bungee jumping. Oh, that was an amazing experience. Skydiving. Oh, I haven't done the skydiving. At home. No. The skydiving at home? One of your last videos was I'm going skydiving with oh, my I buddy. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, you yeah, didn't? I didn't I was like, that. No, no. Oh, she's wild. No, 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 I didn't do that yet. Oh, okay. No, no. You know, dating, like, actually, like, I didn't start dating until I got here. Like, I wasn't really, like, dating back in the States. I really wasn't doing that. Um, like, meeting different types of people, traveling to different countries on my own, um, learning how to do things on my own, really. Um, those are, like, my real highlights, you know, and just embracing the world around me yeah mm-hmm. how does it feel being in a being in a club for the for the first time just <laughs> ju- no just realize just looking around thinking like man no one knows i used to be you know close to 400 pounds is it inside you're like fuck yeah well, no one knows more... no one's even noticing this is right it, it, it's it's like um how pumped yeah it, it, i don't even really think about that it, i like until i actually sit down with someone one-on-one and then we talk about like our different lives and then I share it with them and I show them pictures and they can't believe like, wow, I would have never guessed that that was you, yeah. you know, but it was just more of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in a club. Yeah. Oh my God. What is my mom going to say? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> That's a... you know, those things, you know, things like that. It was like, you get those moments of reality. Yeah. You're like, holy, I'm on a roller coaster. I didn't even think about right. being able to fit right. in. I'm that, like, yeah. is this adulting? Like, I kind of like it here. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here, you know? That's cool, man. <laughs> That's so cool. It seems like you have taken a good or real liking to Korea. You, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what your initial plan was. How many years or how long you planned to stay for? I honestly was just going to stay for the three, two to three years, and just to save for my surgery. But it ended up becoming, you know, I felt like my time here wasn't done. It, just, I just felt like I needed to be here a little bit longer, and I really wasn't ready to go home. Right. I just still felt like I still had some growing up to do, but I'm now at a point where. I'm ready to close this chapter. Mm. I'm ready. So, so I was going to say, you, you adult, what do you call it? Adulting? Adulting. Adulting. Adulting, yes. Adulting, <laughs> and, and you seem to to have some some good friendships and relationships here, and mm-hmm. you've you've made a fun life here. What is it 
like thinking about going home now that you're a completely different person. I mean, Texas is a great place to go to for 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 wild and parties and and all the cool stuff. Do you worry about how you're going to be perceived at home or received once you get there? Oh, of course. That wow, mm-hmm. now she's a party girl and she's this diva. I wouldn't say and... I'm a party girl, but yeah. <laughs> but I do have four. Weeks. How much? <laughs> how much do you think about that, or what do you think? What are you? What are your insecurities going home and? Now I've traveled all over. I've traveled more than my friends. I've I've dated more than some of them. I've been to all these places. I've done all this. I've done a master's. I'm so different. Does that... I mean, going home for us is such a weird experience. I feel so much culture shock going home. And a week, I love to see my family. And then I often feel very uncomfortable <clears throat> that right. people can't relate. And my life has been abroad for 16, 17 years. It's really hard. It's not easy. I will say, like, um, in the beginning, I did have that fear of experiencing that culture shock like going home like i i, I was always I, okay i will say i i still have the fear of how i'm going to perceive how i'm going to be perceived when i do move back home because i am this different woman and i'm a woman that i'm incredibly proud of and it's kind of like are they going to be understanding of that are they going to accept this ashley and i did have that fear of experiencing the culture shock cuz i've seen people that have gone home that have moved back home and within like 2 or 3 months they're back in korea <laughs> and i don't want to be you know that person because We've i feel like once month. i close a chapter that chapter is closed mm. and i don't open it again so you, you haven't know? been home in between the last time i was home was in 2016 in january okay so you had gone back once i only, only went back home mm. once yeah but I realized, you know, since I have plans, I have things that are, that are in play and I have things that I'm going to be doing when I do move back home. I feel like it's going to, it's going to be a diff, it's not going to be as difficult as I think it's going to be. Mm. Um, I'm going to have the support of my family, the support of the friends that I do have, like I have, and they're going to help me transition back into Texas life, essentially. So I'm not too worried about it. When I, when I go home, Anymore, yeah. one of the biggest things I worry about is diet or I mean, I'm home in in short uh, in short bursts, two two or three weeks, and mm-hmm. I worry about the food. And we, we always laugh when you go home, and your stomach has to readjust to the to the to the disaster of yeah. of the diet that's uh, that's available in the West. Do you you have plans in place to uh, whatever you're gonna eat, or like do you cook for yourself, or what's the? Oh, I it, love it, to it, cook. It's easy here to even if you want fast food, you go to Kimbap Chungguk or mm-hmm. whatever you can. You can grab something healthy and quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go home, cooking most of your meals is going to be... Uh, I mean, I do that now. Like, yeah. that's something that's never... that I, Something I've never stopped doing. I've always loved to cook. Even as a child, mm. I was always in the kitchen. So cooking for me is nothing. Like, meal prepping is nothing. So oh. it's it's not even going to be a that's difficult not, that's, transition. That's yeah. not a big... Yeah, it sounds uh, like I'm not, I'm not even worried about that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. When... Uh, and you got how many months left? <sighs> 10, After 11, 12, once, 12, once five October, months? well, I don't even count October, but hmm. four months, man. Four months. What's uh, what's on the bucket list before you leave? Keep saving. That's Keep it. Saving, yeah. I mean, that's all COVID can give me right now. I mean, I can't like <laughs> go to a, have my last hoorah at a club. You know, I can't, you know, uh, go to different events. Like, there's no events that are happening. Like, there everything is just shut down. Like, so at this point, it's just more of, you know, stayed because I've always stayed to myself in Ulsan. Like, I don't have really have friends in Ulsan. Mm. All of my friends are in Busan or they're in Seoul. It's like kind of Ulsan is just like uh, my city where I can just kind of work and relax. But when I want to have fun, it motivates me to go out on the weekends. That's why my friends are always in different cities. What what kind of things are you going to miss most about 
Korea or Ulsan? Getting like buying. I mean, I'm gonna say like I will miss. I will definitely you know miss. Um, I'll, I'll miss coupon knowing that I can order groceries at 10 p.m. and then wake up at like 7:30 and it's like outside my door. I'm gonna miss that. Yeah. I'm gonna miss the fast internet. I'm gonna miss the fact that it's so cheap. Like renting apartments here are so cheap. Um, the cost. I feel like the cost of living compared to back home is incredibly low here in, in Korea. I'm gonna miss the healthcare. That's what. Ugh. I'm definitely <laughs> gonna miss that. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna miss having exactly like the four seasons not four seasons in a day compared to what you would have in texas but specifically having the four seasons your four seasons in a day yeah in texas texas weather is bipolar you uh, (laughs) wake up it's wake up it's cold yeah you wake up it's cold and then you get like a jacket you have like your puffer jacket by the time it's like one two o'clock in the morning you're about to die because it feels like it's mid-may i mean mid uh mid-june or something like that (laughs) it's just hot yeah i thought texas in my I have a very simplistic idea of Texas weather, and it's like hot all year round. No, California not, style. No. no, not necessarily. I, I wish know. we had California weather. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's the first thing you want to do when you get home? I want to eat some tacos. <laughs> yeah. So we're. Is that I'm willing to take the punishment, but I gotta have the tacos. Or... I want to have. I'll have. I'll be able to eat two tacos. And I'll be okay. Like, I'll eat the first taco, but the second taco, I won't eat, like, the corn tortilla. I'll just eat the meat on the inside. But I want my tacos. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah and then good, the first thing I want to do is, like, give my mom the biggest hug because I miss my mom so much. I And it kills me that, like, our relationship is through a phone, you know, or through, like, a Zoom meeting or something like that. Mm. Like, I miss being around my mom. I miss that so much. Yeah. yeah. And, and now you... We'll appreciate that in a different way, yeah. having been abroad. And mm-hmm. we reflect lots about going home and the quantity and quality of yeah. the visits that even when I lived together with five siblings, I mean, we'd all be going different ways, mm-hmm. university, work, job. You wouldn't say more than hello yeah. half the time. Yeah. Once we got into our adult lives, like when we're in university and, and now when we go home, it's like 100% pure quality all the time. Yeah, exactly. And if it's only for a week, we make the most of the week. Mm-hmm. But I could come back for six months and it doesn't mean half as much as the week does because right. you don't get that missing and, and the, the wanting and the desire to go right. back. Right. When you, uh, when you go home, will you continue a, a career in teaching? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to be teaching uh, next fall uh, for public school. Oh, you're yeah, you're yeah. set up already? Yeah. I'm in the process of getting all that done. Good yeah, for I'm, I'm yeah. going to be interviewing. I'm hopefully, hope, hoping to interview me. By the beginning of next year, good for, for you. teaching positions. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, a lot of people have done the done the savings, been very diligent with their savings, mm-hmm. and move home for a year, blow it all, trying to look for a job. You're oh no, good, I need things to be like set up, yeah. you know, in play before. But that's what's so hard for a lot of people is to, oh, I can't get interviews unless I'm there. Oh, I can't take this that's course. I can't. Mm. Yeah. That, COVID, that's what I've yeah. always said. I think you, yeah. can, you can do anything. You can make things work. You can definitely make things work. And then you also have like online teaching, like working for these different companies. And you can, you know, still do things like that. But I think what it comes down to is, you know, when some people say they can't find jobs, it's more of like jobs they don't want. Right. Right. That's what it really comes down to. I agree. Are you looking for kindy, elementary, high school? I'm going to be teaching high school. Good for you. I want to teach high school. And you can have an impact on some of the kids yeah. too. With and your, I hope with I do. Store. I really do. And, really and you said you'll be starting next fall. Yeah, next fall. So what do you plan September. on doing for 
Um, the gap, I'm going to have my search, my, my surgery and just spend time recovering, spending time with my family. I'll still be teaching online. So I'll still have, you know, yeah, my income coming in. Are you doing VIP kids or? I'm not doing VIP kids. I do, um, I tutor in magic years. Is that from China? Yeah, from China. China? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So I'll be doing that. Um, that's an awesome transition to have available for something like that, for moving like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that didn't exist. It didn't. Five, six years ago, I mean. No, it didn't. Um, so it's just going to be very smooth. Like, I have everything set up where it's all a smooth transition for myself. Beautiful. Yeah, I've just never, I've never been the type of person that just kind of like. Take as many variables out. Yeah, I just need to. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. So happy to hear. Asha, <laughs> we've been, uh, Nate, anything else you want to? I'm just going to say up? there's a pretty important election coming up. Yep. <laughs> a few, week, few, <laughs> few weeks away, it's starting to heat up. The Any, Canadians are laughing. Any, <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian, it's been our only living abroad are laughing. It's yeah. been our only source of entertainment over the last four years. I mean, watching watching the nighttime guys do their pieces. I mean, it's just unlimited information or or material for them to create these hilarious skits and songs and. I, 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 it's been, it's been very entertaining. Yeah. The internet is just out of control. Any, any, <laughs> any predictions or, uh, insight? Um, the only thing that I will say is, you know, go vote, exercise your right to vote. That's, I mean, I've already sent in my absentee ballot, my ballot. So mm. you guys, if you haven't, please get on that and go vote. Absolutely. Exercise your right. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting indeed. I'll have my popcorn. Why well, I don't know I don't know if there's going to be results but we'll uh, we'll be watching. We'll see what happens. Thank you very much. Thank Amazing you for having Amazing story me. and uh, <laughs> for those of you that are interested we'll post her link to the to the YouTube channel and uh, scan through the videos there are some really cool and 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 touching and moving parts in there. So the girl says. Yeah, so um, the girl says. <laughs> so the girl says. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Ashley, thanks very much for coming in. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys enjoyed listening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.